0: Welcome to episode number 179, False Positives and False Negatives. In the world of mental health, we experience life in unique ways. While that is not new to anyone listening, it is critical to understand that many of our experiences will be unique to us. Because of the way our mortal brain is wired to work with a normally functioning emotional system, when the emotional system functions abnormally, it creates all types of problems for the brain and then naturally for our lives. Today we're going to explore one of those types of issues. Now in the world of medicine we come in contact with some terminology that describes the outcome when a specific test gives a result that is incorrect. For instance, when a blood test comes back with a result that might be alarming. At one time in my life, when my autoimmune was just starting to appear, I had a blood test that showed my blood counts were all very low. I was sent to a hematologist, which in the world of medicine are almost always cancer doctors. Turns out that the test likely showed a false positive, as when they took a second test, my counts were much closer to normal. However, I had to go through a biopsy of my bone and sign several forms all talking about a cancer diagnosis. The doctor mentioned that a false positive test does occur once in a while, although it is rare to get such a result. One could imagine my shock and utter bewilderment at the thought of bone cancer. It was a few days or a couple of weeks before they figured it all out and just called it a false positive. It is strange just how often they occur in medicine, and I was not entirely aware until it happened to me. Now, false positives and false negatives can have unique effects upon our mental state, including how we perceive ourselves and our abilities. Now, as we talk today about these two ideas, I'm going to redefine them a little bit to fit our mental and emotional issues. A false negative is experiencing negative emotional states when the mind and body would have expected or predicted a positive outcome. A false positive is experiencing a positive emotional state when the outcome should have been far more negative. When we experience mental illness, false positives and false negatives become a part of our existence, and they alter our patterns of living. We can avoid events and experiences in our lives that would have been positive simply because we had a negative emotional experience or perhaps several of them. Now we live our lives based on our past experiences. Now just to be clear, our experience in mental history is always a composite of the events that occurred and the emotions that were present during the event. That is just how the mind works. Our current experiences are directly related to and affected by our previous experiences. The more consistent our previous experiences were, the more our mind believes that our current experience will match the previous one. For instance, if we have felt positive experiences attending church, then our mind expects that we will continue to have positive experiences. Our mind tends to work by predictive analysis. It's part of our deep-seated survival instinct, if you want to call it that. The mind works to predict danger and painful experiences. The purpose here is to avoid them. Remember that I have said that the mind avoids pain at all costs. So the brain is consistently vigilant about predicting what might be painful experiences. Now, when our mind weighs the outcome of an experience, it does not do so evenly. I think the weighted measure is about 7 to 1, positive to negative, negative and I certainly could be wrong about that. But positive and negative experiences are not even close when they are weighed in the scales of the mind. One positive experience can be easily overruled by just one negative experience. However, one negative experience will take several positive ones to finally convince the brain that the negative experience was just an outlier. That is the weight factor of seven, and I believe that it is different for everyone, so don't take that seven as gospel. Some of us are more tolerant to pain than others. That is just how the brain is set up to work. It actively seeks, though, to avoid negative painful experiences, and so it weighs a possible negative experience with far greater weight than a possible positive one. If the brain believes that through historical experiences that we will be heading into a painful experience, it activates the fight or flight mode in our body to prepare us. This is the nervousness we begin to feel when we're headed to into an unknown or possibly painful experience. Painful does not need to be physically painful. It can be emotionally painful. The brain also tends to accept our emotions as real at any one moment. Even when we have an emotional illness, the brain accepts the emotions as real not created by a chemical imbalance, meaning that what we feel during an experience is something the brain relies upon to tell it whether the experience is negative or positive. The brain does not really question the reality of the emotional system unless, of course, we train it to, and that is a difficult thing to do. So let's take for instance a person who has attended church since they were young and overall they have felt and experienced positive feelings. However. Due to stress and other life events, they recently have been feeling depressed. Their mind has become clouded by negative feelings that they can't shake, and it has been going on for a couple of months. They know that church has been a place of peace for them, but this last Sunday they just couldn't feel it. Nothing felt right, and they just couldn't seem to feel the same way as before. Normally, the mind will ignore this as an anomaly if it has a solid record of positive experiences. The next Sunday was a little better, but still some negative issues. The third Sunday they felt terrible, and they didn't know why. This is where the false negative starts its course of action. The mind begins to struggle with the why. Current experiences do not match previous historical emotional experiences, and the mind needs a reason. The negative association with what should have been a positive experience weighs upon the mind deeply. The mind needs reassurance, predictability, and avoids negativity at all costs. And the current experience is very troubling to the mind. This is often where individuals begin to avoid church or other activities that are associated with the depression, the anxiety. When we begin to avoid activities and spiritual experiences due to the negative experience of depression and anxiety, and even bipolar, then we enter that territory of false negatives. Individual who's experienced these false negatives regularly with spiritual experiences that should have been positive due to mental and emotional illness will eventually begin to avoid locations, events, people, and places where false negatives occur. Even when they know that they have an illness and often they do not necessarily do it consciously. The mind (coughs) will avoid these places where the contradictions occur. If that is church meetings, then the mind will cause issues to arise that provide for reasonable excuses not to attend church. Meaning, one of the symptoms of depression, anxiety, and even bipolar, can be avoiding places, people, and events where one might feel these false negative issues. The reason is that the confusion and feelings surrounding these false negatives causes intense emotional pain and the mind avoids pain simply as a coping mechanism. Many individuals suffering long-term mental illness, and even some who suffer intermittent illness, will begin to avoid possible spiritual or possible positive spiritual experiences if the mind feels that the experience could be negative, meaning that the mind will use past experience to avoid even the possibility of emotional pain. Interestingly enough, Even when the depression clears and the positive experience would be likely to occur, the mind may avoid the experience out of fear of the unknown. It fears a reoccurrence, and because we are wired to avoid painful experiences, the mind finds reasons not to return to the experience out of an abundance of caution. Pain is a powerful motivator in the mind and heart, and even subconsciously. We so often avoid painful experiences because we are so deeply wired to accept that our intuition is correct about what will occur. Think about what you will do to avoid a painful experience or confrontation with another person, even if you believe that person will be gentle and kind. If there is a hint that the experience will be painful, even when the person may be loving and caring, you will possibly avoid it. Depression and anxiety cause pain. And so the false negatives they create can alter our lives in serious ways. Think about all of the people, places, events, and experiences you avoid out of the abundance of caution your brain causes you to feel. Your brain projects reality into the future, and it fully believes that your experience may be painful. And so you avoid the experience even when it might have been positive and uplifting. For instance, this last couple of weeks have been, for me, especially difficult with depression, and I'm not really certain as to why. Just like I said last week, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Church meeting for me has always been a bit of a struggle when I suffer these depressive bouts. However, I attended church today and had had a most positive revelatory experience. But that is not what my mind had predicted. We can miss a great deal of important experiences when our mind becomes stuck in these false negative narratives. Now, let's move on to the idea of false positives. When we speak of false positives in medicine, we think of something such as cancer diagnosis that turns out to be nothing. However, in our world of mental illness, false positives can be terrible and toxic to our well-being. False positives are those situations where positive feelings are created that are really negative to our spiritual and often our physical, wef- physical welfare. Drugs of all kinds can be such powerful false positives They can create moments of relief from pain which can be interpreted as happiness in a twisted way. Relief from pain is not necessarily happiness, but that relief can feel so good that we seek after it. Because we are wired to avoid pain and to relieve pain, relief is something that the brain finds addictive. Meaning, if we find short-term solutions, such as chemical stimulants, the brain can become engaged in pain relief rather than seeking true joy. Sometimes joy is found in pain, but our moral brain does not view it in that manner. That is why chemical stimulants are so enticing when one is suffering from mental illness. Many individuals who suffer longer periods of mental illness may end up addicted in some form to chemistry outwardly and inwardly. There are also very powerful stimulants, inward, such as the drive for sex. The mortal body seeks out these pain relief chemicals because we are naturally wired to do so. However, spiritually, they are always damaging and controlling. The problem with stimulants is the brain becomes wired to accept them, and then we need greater quantities to feel pain relief. In their own way, they actually create greater pain because without them, greater pain returns when they are not present. Now this pathway is so very easy for individuals who suffer, and that is why you see so many of them suffering from some sort of addiction. I would venture to say that most individuals who have long-term illness have been or are addicted to some form of chemical stimulants. That is not to say everyone is, but it is so enticing and difficult to avoid, and our society provides so many avenues that it takes significant effort to avoid them. I have admitted that I have been lucky to avoid the majority of them throughout my life. But I have met many individuals who have not. When someone is in deep pain and those stimulants are present in the environment surrounding them, it can be extremely difficult to avoid. The mind tends to override our good sense for any type of relief. Now false positives may be more problematic than false negatives. Because the body seeks to avoid the false negatives, we tend to keep away from them and the pain they cause. Yes, this definitely causes issues because we will miss many positive experiences in our lives that could be helpful to us and our illness. But false positives are something the body actively seeks out to relieve pain. Because our illness is painful, anything that provides significant relief can be enticing. However, for the most part, these painkillers, as we call them, for a lack of better terminology, rarely provide spiritual value and are often a dead, very dead end road. Now, there are medications that can provide relief, but I would separate them from the false positives. <clears throat> medications tend to ease symptoms without the negative effects of chemical stimulants. They provide relief without causing detrimental effects spiritually and physically addiction to drugs such as opioids, alcohol, tobacco, and other types of self-medication including pornography and sexual encounters outside the bonds of marriage and even selfish in nature within the bonds of marriage cause serious spiritual issues. The key here is self-medication. When using medications it should always be under the care of a physician and another person who knows what you are taking and why. False positives can come in other ways we naturally have a chemistry that requires the presence of another human being. Often we refer to this as attraction to another, or sometimes love. It is a chemistry process included in our, bio- in our bio- biology to allow two individuals to become physically and emotionally connected. The purpose is that they will learn to love each other and sacrifice for each other to bring forth children and become one. However, it is an internal drug. It is a drug that we obtain when we first fall in love with someone it is very powerful and intoxicating this drug can also create a false positive when it is abused by another person when we are depressed and anxious this drug can create addiction to the other person and that addiction can be abused in many ways the drug creates a dependence that is so powerful the person being abused can feel that it is their fault the abuse is occurring And even mount a defense of the abuser. False positives can create terrible consequences with mental illness. Now we understand the problems, what are the solutions? I admit that no easy button exists in this situation. False negatives can only be overcome by positive experiences and understanding that avoidance of pain is not always the best option. We must accept some level of pain to allow for the possibility of the positive. It is a retraining of the brain to allow for the negative to occur because we are seeking the positive spiritually. This means doing things when we really do not want to. We attend church, read scriptures, attend the temple, pray, seek out service opportunities to the best of our ability without running faster than we have strength. It is a balancing act where the balance point changes daily and often rapidly. Ultimately, the only individual who can really help with this is the Savior. His mercy and grace allow us to come to Him and to do our best, and He will provide the positive experiences, sometimes even through the pain. The how is more difficult to explain except to say, when we are working to do those things that will bring us positive spiritual experiences, the Lord will provide them this is my do your part so that the Lord can do his yes we are still going to experience difficult moments at church and at the temple and reading might be a chore and our prayers might be no more than I need help here is the balance we do what we can and maybe just a little more and the Lord will come to us and help us through our dark hour is he going to take away all the pain he will not but sometimes he will and other times he will help us through it in his own way. We just need to look for that way. When it comes to false positives, the answer is the same in many respects. We avoid those short-term fixes that would cause us harm physically and spiritually. If we've gotten ourselves into these short-term messes, then we work to get ourselves out of them. We get professional help and seek out good medicine and treatment from another. Self-medication is generally a bad thing, simply because our brain can't always tell or see the outcomes when we suffer deeply with pain. If we have found an abusive relationship or another type of addiction, we find solutions that might be more painful at first, but far more beneficial in the long run. We seek out the savior for help with these short-term issues and we seek his advice to avoid them and to work within good solutions. No, this is not easy with a long-term, stubborn illness that causes us pain regularly. Ultimately, short-term solutions and false positives will not be good for our illness or our lives. Every one of those types of solutions always end badly, and many times it leads down a very dark road where we begin to question the value of our own life. It takes vigilance to avoid these false positives, and it will likely take someone we love to make sure that we are avoiding them. Now, I hope today I have provided some small insight for you that would be valuable to your fight. Nothing is easy about the fight we are in, but with good medication and the Lord, it can be manageable, and we can find joy in the process. I hope that you can find this joy. And as always, do your part so that the Lord can do His. Until next week.